In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Good evening, everyone. And tonight, we are going to have a very fun show. I have a... You know how you have those girlfriends and those friends who have those great jobs that you go, ooh, they're fun at parties, and not only that, they have information that can help you with the rest of your life? That is who my guest is this evening. Her name is Carol Allen, and she is a Vedic astrologer. So she is someone who literally can help and guide you in the area of timing of a relationship, compatibility, and one of the things I will let you know, her site is www.loveisinthestars, and if you go on there, she has a great little clip, about six minutes, where she explains, and Carol is so hilarious, she says, you know, we all know why we first started looking at astrology, is so that we could, you know, find out what the boys were, you know, supposed to be like. So we'd find out their birthday, and she said, run home and see if we were compatible or not. However... That's a little caveat here. Now, I is Carol with me right now? Yes, I am. Hello, my dear. Hello. So, honey, I was listening to your little Love is in the Stars, the little clip that you have there, and you say we all went home to check out the compatibility, and then you say, and we were wrong. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but it never helped me very much. <laughs> it didn't. It really didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer, but it's true. And and there, there's a lot of reasons for that. But the, the biggest reason is a person's sun sign is just one piece of a very complicated puzzle. Right. And the sun, when you study astrology, you learn the sun is not an indicator of relationships or even psychology so much, the way we've all been led to believe the, the, the sun is really the indicator of career and how to do with behavior and the father and maybe even the looks or the health. But mm-hmm. the thing that really indicates a person's emotional nature is more revealed by their moon sign. And most people don't have any idea what their moon sign is. So you can't go up to a stranger <laughs> at a bar and say, hey, baby, what's your moon sign? You know? 
Now, is that, if we're looking at sun, moon, and ascendant, is that what our moon sign is? For Yes. So the moon sign is the sign the moon was in at the day, on the day and at the time you were born. Okay. But so the reason everyone's heard of sun sign stuff is it's the easiest to ascertain. It's the easiest. Everybody knows their birthday. And when you learn the signs, you know right away what sign everyone is. is. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the easiest thing for selling newspapers and magazines and writing books and creating horoscopes. Oh, right. It's like one of the most popular things in most, um, most well, when everyone read newspapers and magazines, that was right. people went. <laughs> right. It's crazy. They did some survey in Great Britain and something like 89% of people said they started their day with the horoscope and not with the headlines. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. So here you, let's just back up a little bit. We know we're all interested and intrigued by finding out information that can help us as we go forward in our lives. What had you go into the area of Vedic astrology? Uh, oh, and can, and can you explain to people the difference between what Vedic astrology is and what people may think of as Western astrology? Yes, of course. So Vedic astrology is the system of astrology of India. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't realize is there's many, many kinds of astrology. There's, of course, Chinese. We've all heard of Chinese astrology because you get those place maps when you eat Chinese food. <laughs> Right, and you find it if you're the year of the dog or the exactly year of the goat. or the rat right. or the horse or so they have the whole animal system which right. I got to tell you is crazy accurate once you start really diving in. Oh, it's seriously, pretty profound. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, well, you know because there was what was the year that everyone was trying to get pregnant so their child wouldn't be born? Is it this year or last year? Oh well, everybody likes uh, you know the what's the one the dragon? Not the dragon. Is it the dragon? I don't know. I think it is the dragon. The dragon's considered really pop- powerful, and so okay. you know when you have a when you have a dragon baby, they grow up and they'll take good care of you in your old age. <laughs> I guess huh? they make a lot of money often, but uh, but that's very very general, of course. Certainly mm-hmm. not every person born in the same year is going to all be broke or all be rich or all be whatever. And this is what I found with signs, too. Same idea. Not every Leo wants to be the center of attention. Not every Aries is dominant. Not every Gemini is moody or fickle. It's just way too general to focus on that stuff. But but the system of India is considered the oldest, and it's believed okay. to uh, you know be the most technically accurate and the most astronomically literal. So do you remember last year, Lou, when there was this huge firestorm of media attention about astrology because an astronomer was interviewed on the Internet and said, oh, everybody doesn't seem to realize the signs have switched and the dates have changed and everyone's looking at the wrong signs. Do you remember this? Oh, my God. And people were all like, people were like their whole identities got like thrown into, you know, it's cataclysm. Oh, it was such a big deal. I mean, Facebook exploded. I have never in my lifetime seen astrology on the nightly news, and it was talked about on every network. And honestly, I was—I blew it. I should have gotten on the phone and just like put out a press release. <laughs> I should have, you know, punditized myself around because what was so great about that was that astronomer was describing something that Vedic astrology has talked about for centuries, which is the fact that the way Western astrologers calculate is not astronomically as 
as literal. And so I'll give you I'll give you an example. There's a little something called the precession of the equinoxes, which is the fact that we're spinning very quickly in one direction and wobbling very slightly in the other. You know, the earth. Okay. Okay. Not us. <laughs> we're all wobbling, of course, but you know, the earth. I mean, it's just spinning in one direction but wobbling slightly in the other. And over over time, that slight wobble makes it so that we lose our position in relation to the star signs. So you know that story about you know Henny Penny or Chicken Little and the sky mm-hmm. falling. Sky falling, right? So the sky falling is actually uh, a, an ancient ch- uh, children's story that is an astronomical story started in India about the fact that if you watch the sky night after night after night after night, year after year after year after year, over time, you know, like the first year you do it, the first night, you know, there's over the eastern horizon is a star. Well, the next year the star is slightly over. You know, 100 years later it's way over. Another 100 years later it's way over. It looks like the sky is falling. Okay. (laughs) If you're an ancient person and you don't know that the earth, you know, rotates, on its axis, you think something's very wrong with the sky. And and so over time, the signs shift okay. from our vantage point. So over time, if you're doing, you know, if you're calculating when the signs begin and end, you have to shift with that procession of the equinoxes issue. And the Western system doesn't shift with that, but the Vedic system does. So... The astronomer was absolutely right. Most people, according to, you know, these calculations, most people are not the sign they think they are. <laughs> right. So if I'm, if I'm a Leo, uh-huh. would I actually be a Gemini or a Cancer? Everybody goes back a sign. So the sign before Leo is Cancer. And so, so it's, a, it's about a three-week spread. So there's a three-week shift backward. Okay. And, and there, so there's one week. You know, each sign is for about a month. So there's one week that's the same in both systems. So there are those Leos that are Leos in both systems. Now, I'm not here to say we're right and they're wrong or our system's better or uh, or anything like that. You can get a great reading in both systems, but what I love about Vedic astrology is I love the techniques for love. Oh, my gosh. You are such a wizard at this, too. You uh, put together so much stuff. <laughs> uh, well, I have to say what's so great also about Vedic astrology is they're all their original books from thousands of years ago are, are you know, still available, and you can find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of writings, and there's all these classic works, whereas, you know, the church tried to stamp out astrology here in the West. So in the Middle Mm -hmm. Ages and the Dark Ages, you know, the the Roman Catholic Church decided, oh, it's bad for people to, you know, to really have (laughs) self-knowledge and to take, you know, take their power back from us. So let's stamp out anything that, uh, you know, let's stamp out holistic medicine, let's stamp out personal empowerment, let's stamp out anything that leads to self-understanding. Now, obviously, there was also good, they didn't want people uh, having, putting all their faith into superstition. They wanted people to, you know, connect to something greater. So they burned all the books and all the astrologers. So you can't get a Western astrology book that's older than, like, the 1880s in its original language. They they literally don't exist. So there was all this incredible incredible content and material that was lost through the centuries. And then, hey, of course, there you was... Know. Go ahead. Yeah, well, there was the fire at Alexandria where all the original writings were held by, you know, some of the greatest, you know, 
writers and thinkers of all time, and, you know, ancient Greeks. And anyway, so Vedic astrology, there's just a ton of data and a ton of detail and a ton of technique. And, and, and so there's these compatibility techniques that have been done in India that are used to this day to arrange marriages. Oh, and, yeah, that, and you know, now we have 30 seconds until our first Oh, break. I'm sorry. No, no, don't worry. Okay. Uh, my guest this evening is Carol Allen, but what I know, Carol, is that when I've been asked to go and speak in India, one of the first questions they ask me is, are you in favor, do you favor love marriages or do you favor arranged marriages? And who am I to say? But yeah, it's a tough say, question, you know. And and people say, well, arranged marriages last longer. Now here come the tunes, and when we come back, we'll say maybe why they last longer. I have a big My- opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less, and a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. A fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. With your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich. Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back. 
back, everyone. My guest this evening is Carol Allen. And while we're on the break, being a bit of a sports person myself and a golfer, I said, okay, Carol, do you have a chart on Tiger Woods? She goes, you bet I do. So, uh-huh. Because here's what I look at with Tiger Woods. I see that a lot of what this man went through was his father's ego. He was mm. never allowed, he was never allowed to fail. Right. And you and I both know that in, you know there's seasons in the, our lives where you know spring, summer, winter, fall. We know that there's everything changes day night. There's cycles. And he mm-hmm. was never allowed to fail. And then when he did, honey, it was a tsunami. Right. Well, I will tell you a crazy Tiger Woods story. So I took astrology classes for a good decade, and I had such wonderful teachers. And I had a teacher who, when Tiger was start, starting to become famous, and this was, gosh, I mean, this was a long time ago, so I don't even know when this was, but this was at least 10 years ago. He came in, and he put Tiger's chart on the board, and he said, what will happen to this man? What will happen? And we all looked and we went, <gasps> and he said, yep, women will be his downfall. Unsavory women will be really downfall. And you had no idea that this is who it was. Uh, no, no, no. He told us who it was. He said, this is Tiger, Tiger Woods chart. And, and here's the thing. Tiger Woods chart, you know, there's sex addiction and there are people who can recover. And then there's what is your basic nature? And I'm sure on this show, Lou, you have educated your listeners about a little thing called vasopressin. Okay? Yes, yes. There are men that are more able to be monogamous, to pair bond, to focus exclusively on one woman. And then there are other men that seem to be built so that they can't. And Tiger, you know, bless his heart, I don't know him. I'm not judging him. And please, anyone listening, do not ever marry him because I don't think this is a chart where he could ever focus on one person. He has every porn star combination possible, okay? Really? Yes. So Scorpio is the sign of sex. Right. And he has the moon in Scorpio. And an enormously sexual, passionate sign is when the moon is with Venus. So he has the moon with Venus in Scorpio. Then he has Mars, the planet of passion, opposite the moon and Venus in Scorpio over in Taurus, which is a Venus sign. Anytime you get Mars and Venus and the moon together in any kind of relationship, you've got someone with, like, a porn star sex appetite, okay? So he has Venus in Scorpio, which is a Mars sign, Mars in Taurus, which is a Venus sign, Venus and Mars opposite each other, and the moon right in the mix. Like, forget it. Okay. Then in Vedic astrology, we have we have actually an original twenty seven sign zodiac that right. is totally different than saying ooh Aries, Taurus, Gemini, etc. Right, because so, people don't know they look different as well. Yeah. So the twenty seven sign zodiac is like a deeper level, so you can get even more specific than ooh Moon and Scorpio or Sun and Sag. So he has the moon in a constellation of Scorpio that's literally translated to mean the two-faced man. Oh, ouch. And people with this constellation tend to be, um, you know, two-faced. They live but, one life you... and present another kind of thing. Now, here's a question. Would him living, from an astral location standpoint, would him living in another place change or ameliorate part of that? No, it, there's no way. He was born with this. This is like, it's like... It's like saying, if I move my Jack Russell Terrier from America to Australia, will he suddenly stop barking? You know? That's no. That's a no. Yeah. 
So it's like what breed, you know, one of the things I found early on in doing astrology is all anybody wanted to talk to me about was compatibility. Mm -hmm. But much more important than compatibility is this idea of who is the person you're choosing. Not are you compatible together, but is that person a relationship person? Right. So first and foremost, we all want to pick partners who are relationship-oriented, not the person who makes our toes curl the most or makes us laugh the loudest or who we have the most fun with. The person you have the most fun with might be a big, lying bastard, right? Right. Or might be like a crazy, high-maintenance, you know, difficult person. So, so before you ask yourself, are we compatible, ask yourself, is this the kind of person I could trust my heart and soul and life to? So the other thing Tiger has is he has this eclipse point known as the north node of the moon. He has this eclipse point in the sign of Libra. Libra is the sign of partnership. Libra is ruled by Venus. People who have issues and themes of infidelity. You look at the chart of Jesse James. You look at the chart of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is it right there? They all have some kind of Rahu Venus thing. Madonna. You know, people that are sex objects or people who have sexually charged, you know, intensely sexual lives or are sex symbols all have some kind of Rahu Venus thing. Now, can, can it be a good thing for you to have that? Well, it can make you extra attractive, and it can give you sort of extra, like, you know, it can make you more noticeable. It can make people drawn to you. So that could be argued is a good thing. <laughs> but it's Rahu always makes things amplified to an extreme. Okay. So you put, and wherever Rahu is in the chart, that's going to indicate many. So, like, Tiger has it in the second house, which means Income. He has had many sources of income, not just golf. Golf led to all these other sources like products, endorsements, commercials, you know, video games, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's had many sources of income, but in the in the sign of partnership, he is here to have many partners. Wow. And so, yes, it, his father, I totally get it, the childhood pressure. It's also rumored that his mother was a prostitute. Now, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my heavens. So, and his parents were divorced. Like, there's a lot going on with, with Tiger. And obviously, he's an extreme example. But you look at the charts of any men that are known philanderers, Mick Jagger, um, you know, President Clinton, who – you know, I'm so grateful there was ever a President Clinton, but again, do not marry men like this. Now, how would you, okay, so, okay, here's someone, they come to you, Carol, and they go, first off, they need to know what in order to find out the timing, the compatibility, they need to know, what do they need to know? So, when someone comes to me, you know, two kinds of people come to me. I specialize in the combination of astrology and relationships. Yes. And uh, so I tend to have two clients that show up again and again and again. And it's either the person who is single and mystified and starting to get very worried about it and wanting to know when will my prince come, or it's the person already with someone trying very hard to make that relationship work, but they can't make it work, and they're mystified as to why. So they want to know, how can I change this frog into a prince? How can I make this, you know... This uh, 
how can so, I get married? How can I get married? Totally. And when am I getting married? And why am I still single? And 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 how can I blame the stars on all of this? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And sometimes you can. Like sometimes it's purely a timing thing. You know, I I I have an ebook and I write about all of this in my ebook. It's called Loves in the Stars, and I talk about the topic of late bloomers in love, mm-hmm. 50% or perhaps more of the population are late bloomers in love. You have the chart of a late bloomer in love. Mm-hmm. I have the chart of a late bloomer in love. <laughs> late bloomers in love are, are not recommended to marry in their 20s. And even in their early 30s, it's not so great. It gets much, oh. much better in their, in their late 30s and on. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, and my, so, my first marriage was a disaster. Right. And, I mean, I got married at 30. My 20s were a nightmare. (laughs) And I got married at 30, and we're very, very happy. But the first five years of our marriage were very challenging, not so much between us, but just circumstantially. You know, my father was dying. We had to move a bunch. There was a lot of, you know, kind of financial chaos because my husband's an actor, and I won't bore you. But, like, boom, I turned 35, and it was like, oh. You know, it's like so much improved, so much dramatically improved. And so, so many women come to me at 32, 31, 29, and they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. And, I say and, so, to, and they come to you when they're like, they're most freaked out. Right. And they're beautiful and they're lovely and they're educated and there's nothing wrong with them. But it's just, it's like trying to plant crops in the middle of a hurricane. You know, it's like it's, it's, the conditions aren't right yet. Right. So that's, now, that's my number one person that I work with. Right. Now, do you have the same thing with men? But Okay, so here's a woman or someone wants to know something. They need to know more about themselves, right? They need to know where they, you know, they need to know time they were born, correct, in order for this to be accurate? Yes, 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 yes. Any kind of astrology, you always need the birthday, birth time, which is the hardest thing, of course, or birth city. Right. Um, So you need the location, the time of day, and the date on the calendar. And from that, you can erect, you know, you um, you can create the snapshot of the sky, Right. The moment the person was born. And I don't know why, Lou, it's so wacky, but the snapshot at that moment reveals the situation. Is you know And the calculations are mathematical. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And because I know I mean Carol, you know I'm an identical twin. I know. And there is really a marked difference between myself and my twin sister. Right. And, you know, we're four minutes apart. Right. But it's four minutes of a shift of, and, you know, it's, I've always known that Dee Dee and I are very different. I mean, that's just sort But of you like also a, have some real similarities, like both of you don't have kids, which mm-hmm. is interesting, you know. I mean, four minutes, you are going to have so much be the same. And, you know, we hear about twins separated at birth where... Yeah, they both married a woman named Norma. <laughs> they both <laughs> like blue Ford pickups, and they both have a black lab, and they never knew each other. And suddenly they meet, and they have all this weird stuff in common. And, exactly. You know, it's it's pretty nutty. But but at the same time, there are always cases too of twins where one's an extrovert and one's an introvert, or one's good at math and one and one's not an artist. Exactly. We're coming can, up with our we're coming up with our second break. Okay. My guest is Carol Allen, and we're getting carried away. <laughs> we're, not, we're not waiting for our breaks. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on DougieNet.com. Are you ready to get your woo-hoo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books, and personal breakthroughs? Then it's time to tune in to WooHoo Radio. Love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness with your host, Lisa Stedman. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on TogiNet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation, and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief WooHoo woman, Lisa Stedman, wants to help you discover the WooHoo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature woo way of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one-size-fits-all approach to career, relationships, and personal growth, get your weekly woohoo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from boohoo of rock bottom into the woohoo of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website, lisastedman.com. Join us for Woohoo Radio, love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Vedic astrologer Carol Allen, and her site to look at is www.loveisinthestars.com. <laughs> while we were on the break, we were talking about what I would like to do is, um, you know, because we've got some things here about... Could you see in Tom and Katie's chart that things were going to go the way they did? Well, you know, Lou, if they had only called me, you know? <laughs> so Tom and Katie met and married, both of them, in Oy. the worst possible cycle to get married. Oh, in fact, God. I have oh. a report called the Cycles of Saturn Report that warns people not to marry when they're in this kind of cycle. It only happens every 30 years. And Tom and Katie both have the same moon sign, and the report, the, the cycle is, is all about a time related to the moon sign. So they were both in it at the same time, and marriage has begun during that time. 
no kidding, are full of restriction, isolation. You're cut off from your support system. You feel overburdened with responsibilities and duties. You feel stifled. You feel stuck. And I have never in 20 years of giving readings seen a marriage last that began when the people were in that kind of a cycle, when even just one of the parties was in that cycle. So, And it's very sad. They actually have a lot of beautiful compatibility. I, I think their relationship was sincere. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, all the rumors that Tom was controlling and that Katie felt like a robot or felt like a, a voiceless mouse, I, I have this, um, you know, in this technique that arranges marriages, there, one of the things it looks like at is it's a little thing called assertive pressure. Mm-hmm. And when a couple has an imbalance in, in their assertive pressure, one has all the power. Right. And between Tom and Katie, he had about twice the assertive pressure as she did. And then his chart anyway is very, very controlling. Mm-hmm. He's got this intense combination called Sasa Yoga, which is very, very, I mean, all the ancient books say things like, you know, this person doesn't trust anyone, this person, you know, micromanages everything, and it's excellent for success. It makes you enormously organized and a fantastic planner and extremely detailed, but none of us want that in a partner. You know, you don't want that that partner, like, constantly, you know, fixing your hair and constantly telling you to, like, adjust your skirt. Like, I would, I would hit a guy. It was like, but you know what? i got to tell you. I'm, I'm thinking, if anyone's read Fifty Shades of Grey, that's Christian Grey. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that guy's yeah, really, so, that, he's really controlling. So I believe the rumors. I absolutely think there, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's fire. I think, I think Katie was voiceless in that relationship, and he was domineering and controlling, and and so you know, uh, so so I could have told them not that they shouldn't marry at least not then, and that she should have gotten to know him at least a good year to two years because. Mm-hmm. Because and I would warn, I would have warned her. She might have lost her voice because of that assertive pressure issue. And I will tell you, Lou, and you may already know this because you know everything, of course, because you've been around <laughs> this topic for a while. But ninety-five percent of the time, when there's a mouse and a lion in a relationship, the mouse leaves. Mm-hmm. The mouse shocks the hell out of the lion one day and says, "You know what? Enough. I'm out." I'm done. And yeah. the other thing is, the lion has to stay in the cage, and the mouse is the one that can leave. Wow. Makes sense. Yeah, because the lion's the one that creates the empire, and then the mm-hmm. mouse goes, screw you and your stupid empire. <laughs> yeah, and, and it goes like this, and I'm out of here. I am so done. And I'm and, taking my cheese. Exactly. I'm moving it with me. Now, when we, we did just before we went to the first break, we were talking about arranged marriages and not arranged marriages. Oh, right. Just to go back and follow up on that. I mean, both. I mean, I know for me, when I have, when I've, you know, been asked to travel to different countries, particularly to India, they have asked me specifically, are you in favor of love marriages or are you in favor of arranged marriages? Now, I think both of them can work, but people always tout out the thing saying, well, arranged marriages always last longer. Well, listen. If you have every single person in your family telling you that if you dare to leave, you're a dead person, do you think you'd go? Right. You know, right. I mean, it's like you go, you're going to shame my family, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. That's a lot of pressure. So yeah. most, people, most people cave. And, you know, you've said you've seen the same thing. Well, I have a lot of first-generation American 
East Indians, you know, daughters of Indian parents, and mm-hmm. the parents are uh, in an arranged marriage. And I and none of these clients tell me their parents are happy. They all tell me their parents are miserable. So I have formed a bit of a bias. But I, what I do think works in Eastern cultures is this this perspective that marriage is a spiritual path and that your partner is you know, the partner that is destined for you. And I do think there is a reverence about marriage, and then there is this philosophy of being respectful towards your partner that we could learn from. Oh, I I totally agree with that. Yeah. But, of course, you're so right. I mean, their their relationships, their marriages last longer because they have no choice. (laughs) Right. They can't get divorced. They can't get remarried. They'll be shunned from their families. They'll lose their their financial, you know, su- survival, they'll lose their children. Often. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not these, you know, I get devastating emails from India every day. I mean, I can barely stand it where these women have no, no, they just don't have the, the, uh, the, the freedom and the choices that we do. And mostly I get the things that are things like, you know, I'm in love with a boy, we're a different religion. My parents forbid us marrying help, or we're a different caste, and he's already promised to another girl who he doesn't love. What can we do? And I always write them back, can you come to America? Can you get the hell out? Right. But they can't. So really, I'm not someone who can help them, and it's very sad. It's very sad. But, you know, and here's the thing. You and I both know that one of the reasons I know in my work that what people want is they want to be loved, and they want to be loved for who they are and not for what they have, because that's always changing. That's well, and how many times, Lou, did you go on a blind date with someone your friends told you was just perfect for you, and you couldn't even stand the guy? That's an arranged marriage half the time. Like, they show up because this guy has the checklist, right? But you can't stand him, and you literally meet, like, at the wedding or once or twice oh. before the wedding. Right. I remember. And, and, and here's the other thing. The person that they pick up, you go, you don't even know what I'm like. I know. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? You are like that guy? Exactly. Now, here's the question. For people who are listening, what are the ways, so they're not going to be able, they may not know what their moon is. Right. What are the things that can guide them that you can give them, you know, little step-by-steps on, so look for this or, or try that and, you know. Yeah, well, okay, so one thing that I was really surprised to discover when I was studying astrology is astrologers don't talk about people in terms of the signs. We never sit around and say to each other, oh, you know that Bob, he's such an Aries, or you know Jim. You know that such a Leo. Scorpio. Like yes. we don't we don't talk about signs. What we talk about is the dominant planetary influence in the person's chart. So we'll say, okay. you know, Jim, he's such a Mercury guy, and we all laugh and we know exactly what they meant. Or, you know, you know, <laughs> Susan, such a Venus girl. We talk about people in terms of of their dominant planet, and you can tell someone's dominant planet just from talking to them. You don't need their birthday. You don't need to steal their driver's license. You don't need to call their mother and look up their birth time or call the county. You can just observe them and and have a few interactions, and it'll tell you what you need to know. Okay, so let's figure out that you don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just pretend. Lovely to meet you. What's your name again? 
<laughs> Miss Smith for you. Okay, um, Miss Smith. So, uh, you know, your area of expertise is a clue, and then your playful, fun personality is a clue. So Venus is your dominant planet. Mm-hmm. And Venus people are very attractive. You're extremely beautiful and very, you know, regal and poised and have this incredible elegance to you. Venus, that's all Venus stuff. Venus is beauty, elegance. Venus people are playful, funny, happy, friendly. They're like the diplomats of the world, but they're also the social social charmers of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the topic of sex and love and romance is a Venus topic. So mm-hmm. I could figure out pretty fast that you're a Venus girl. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hey. And you know, the strength that Venus people have, it's easy to sort of think, oh, you know, those Venus people, they're just always out for a party, always up for a good time. It's easy to not take Venus people super seriously, but they always have the most amazing Rolodex. <laughs> they can get anyone on the phone because everyone loves them. Right? Mm-hmm. And you know everybody, Lou. Well, you know, I, um, if, well, if I don't, I know someone who does. <laughs> exactly. You can get to them. Exactly. Exactly. So that's a Venus person and, mm-hmm. you know, an extreme Venus person. All the, all the planets have a dark side and a, have a, there's a healthy version and an unhealthy version. The unhealthy version is like a lot of celebrities are Venus people, and they're too indulgent. You know, they do too many drugs. They have sex with a nanny on the pool table. You know, so that's oh, like an gracious. out of control you know? Venus person. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like we would say poorly aspected. Yes, that is a that is a low dignity Venus. Right. Um, now, no, go ahead. Oh well, so there's nine. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but. Okay, so here we've got, because we've got about, you know, 90 seconds until our next break. Okay. What is a nine? What is a nine? I thought you said there's nine. Oh, well, there's nine kinds of plants. There's nine planets we use for this. Okay. And so one of the most common ones that I deal with is moon people. Moon people are sensitive. They have a very hard time being single because the moon is a relationship influence. Mm-hmm. We only see the moon because of its relationship to the sun. So the moon is all about relationship, and moon people are the most longing for love, the most unhappy if they don't have it, the most heart-centered, the most emotional. And so in relationships, they have to be very careful because they can bond too quickly. They can get involved too fast. Your moon clients are the ones, and I know you have these too, Lou, who will say to you, you know, but I love him. I can't leave him. And you're like, okay, but hello, this isn't good for you. This is your, you know, this relationship is a raging disaster. <laughs> yeah, and they can't, they they always choose their heart over their head. Okay. So that's a very common one. And you will you can figure out who they are because they always talk about feelings. And okay. they always, they're very big connectors and they can be very, very sweet. And they'll talk about things like, oh, the homeless kittens they just rescued. And, oh, that. Okay. You know, the grandma yep. that they're taking care of. And right. Very, we're, we're into, we're into our final break. Woohoo! And my guest is Carol Allen. We'll be right after this break. Please stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak. 
7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, Vedic Astrologer, www.love is in the stars. Carol Allen is my guest. And we have been talking about how are the, you know, what are the personalities that you might be able to just ascertain. And for those of you who are interested, on her site and in her ebook, Love is in the Stars, that is all listed there for you. Right, because this helps to solve the problem of if you just know a person's sign, they might be nothing like their sign. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, so it might not help you at all, whereas if you can figure out just from talking to them or observing them for a little while, their planetary personality, their dominant planetary personality, then you'll know just how to deal with them, just how to relate to them. So like I just gave an example of a Venus person and a Moon person. Mm-hmm. A Venus person is really fun and social and a Moon person is really heart-centered and emotional. If you say to a moon person, well, where's the spreadsheet? Where, what are the facts? Give me the details or buck up. You shouldn't feel that. You shouldn't be so sensitive. You're totally talking another language than they are, mm-hmm. and they won't feel good around you. Mm-hmm. And if you say to a Venus person, oh, you want, to have a, you want to have a party? Well, that'll be too much money. We shouldn't spend the money on that. Or, you know, you need to stop running around so much. You need to get to work harder. They're going to feel like really bad around you. <laughs> so understanding the motivation of each of these can be really helpful. You know, and here's what I know when I tell people that pay attention to what people say, but pay more attention to their behavior. Because right. 
that is the real key. And well, we're all lying to each other at first, right? You're putting oh. your very best foot forward, and so are they. Yeah, and I mean, you you know, you and I know that people will come to us and say, well, I want to find someone, and this is my timetable. And you and I both know that sometimes the timing, as you say, there's seasons of love and seasons of loneliness, and they can be predicted. Right, and they're not up to you. No. It's, it's exactly like a tree saying in, you know, November, well, I would really like to bloom in a month. So if I don't bloom in a month, I'm going to be really mad, and I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to just decide that God hates me and that I'm never going to bloom. When it's the kind of tree that blooms in May, mm-hmm. and it's totally leafless and flowerless in, in December, but it's decided that December's when I'm going to bloom, damn it, or what's the point of living, okay? I get emails like that every day from women. I'm and, 34. And you get them for, yeah. Do you get them for men as well? No. Mm. Only from women. My, my, uh, my writing is really all for women because I find women are much more interested in astrology than men are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love working with men and I love helping men. And, you know, we all, we all want the same things. I mean, we're more alike than different. Uh, and I like writing for my readers so that they really feel I'm talking straight to them. Mm-hmm. So I mostly just write and and deal with women and in not in 20 years of doing readings the only time men come to see me is when women drag them <laughs> okay well you know that, that happens now yeah. you also there's the compatibility that we spoke about at the at the top of the show that wow feeling which may not be the thing because people often say well there has to be chemistry sure um please please don't ever marry someone you don't have chemistry with absolutely i'm all for chemistry but sometimes we get blinded by chemistry mm-hmm. and we over-prioritize chemistry. Like we want it to be, we want the chemistry to be a 10, a 9 or a 10 right away mm-hmm. when we might be a lot happier with someone where it's more like a 5 or a 6. Mm-hmm. If that person, it's like you really want the, the person to be a great person and your relationship to be a 9 or a 10. But it, but the chemistry, it, you know, sh- you should have chemistry, but it shouldn't be like blinding, amazing. Oh my God, the world, you know, well, the earth shook. You know, and I mean, I know of people who, you know, I'm I'm thinking of one particular man who constantly went for nines and tens and got his ha- heart absolutely trashed. As I think you and I know the same person. And then when he decided to go for like a six point five seven, his world became magical. Right. Right. Absolutely magical. And I know who you're talking that, about. Right. And they, they're now <laughs> expecting their second child or have they already had it. Right. Yeah, so that was something. And this is someone who knew everything about social media, knew everything about how to date online, knew everything about that. And he kept choosing the wrong people. We know most of us are looking for a better version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You don't need another one of you. You have you. <laughs> you need the person that's your complement. You need right. the person, yeah. You are, and here's what I know, and we spoke about this. When it comes to soulmate stuff, your soulmate isn't there to deliver chocolates. <laughs> you know? That's your soulmate great. is to help you grow. Right. Not to help you freaking stagnate. You can do that all by yourself. Well, not to just cater to your ego. Right. And here's, now, you also talked about single archetypes. What are those? Well, what's, what started happening after a lot of years of looking at charts is it got to the point 
where I could just look at a chart and know if the person was single before they walked in the door mm-hmm. or know exactly why. And I, I just noticed there were certain patterns that I saw again and again in chronically single people mm-hmm. that once someone knew about the behaviors these patterns created or the perspective or the, the worldview these patterns created, they could really make big, tremendous help healthy shifts mm-hmm. to help change their single status if they wanted to. And so I coined the term, uh, you know, the five archetypes of chronically single people. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've just been fantastic. I mean, they just work again and again and again. So is there any, or can they be described to people? Oh, absolutely. And just like you don't need to know somebody's birthday, just hearing these archetypes, most people can diagnose themselves. If this is them. Okay, so, so what like, might some of them be? Well, so one of the more common ones I run into, because it's the kind of person that seeks somebody like myself, is what I call the highly sensitive woman. Mm-hmm. The highly sensitive woman is like the moon person again. It's like the person who bonds very easily, follows their feelings, you know, lets logic go right out the window, uh, is all about emotion, but they're so sensitive that they take everything way too hard. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they bond too deeply and they get too hurt because they get too involved before they know they should. This is the person who, after one date, is picking out baby names and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. you know, having, like, talking as though they're in a full committed relationship and they've had one date. So, okay. so, so I'll say, so when they know this about themselves and they recognize, you know, the advice for the highly sensitive person is to slow down, really get to know people over time, have a committee of logical friends they can call. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I would say. Have your friends talk to you. Right. And then the overwhelmingly common one that we all see, of course, is the career woman. You know, this is the mm-hmm. woman who works all the time, who prioritized her life around her, her career and her education, mm-hmm. and she never, she just thought her love life was going to magically happen and it was just all going to fall together and that she needed to put no time or energy into it because, you know, she was, the most important thing in her life was getting her career set up. Right. And so she wakes up at 35, 36 and starts freaking out because it didn't magically happen. And Mm -hmm. just like anything great, your personal life takes time and effort and attention. And And a relationship with you. Yeah. So, and on dates, that, that person, all they do is talk about work and all they do, and they're super busy. So when they do meet someone they like, they're not available enough for that person. And so they put, they put people off. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it particularly with female physicians and attorneys. And oh, female sure. physicians, I often see them, they, and this is what, what they'll do, is that everything's done according to the calendar. So they get pregnant in their last year um, just prior to, you know, a med school or finishing their residency. Wow. And, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how they could put more stuff into their lives. Wow. <laughs> but I see a number of women do this. Mm. And... Really, what I tell people is, listen, if you are, you have got to let 
the universe delivers some things to you. You've got to be open and you've got to have a space for it because if there isn't a space, someone can't show up. Right. Well, this notion that we've all been programmed to believe that the love should just magically happen idea mm-hmm. is honestly the number one reason people are single is we've all been raised, especially as women, to be very passive about this part of our lives. And all my relationship expert friends, we all are amazed and how much people claim this is the most important part of their lives, but how they never act like it. <laughs> right. You know? And even when they say, but I'm on five Internet dating sites, and I've dated and dated, and I've tried and I've tried, but it still hasn't happened, that doesn't mean, oh, give up. It means keep, keep going. <laughs> it means you've created the momentum. So we've got, we've got like two minutes until we, we finish the show. What, what might be one other really classic single archetype and then I want you to describe you uh, the, uh, well another classic archetype that I'm sorry to say I run into a lot is the person that thinks love is hard Oh. and the person who thinks love is hard has some core subconscious beliefs based on childhood or past history that has proven to them that love is hard and so this is the woman that only dates married men this is the woman that's always with addicts this is the woman with guys who text once a week and only want to see her twice a month and really it's a booty call uh-huh. you know these are the women that take crumbs thinking that that's all they can get even if they insist they know they can do more they keep beha- they keep being in situations where that's all they get and when i say to them you know listen something inside of you believes that this is how love should be otherwise you wouldn't have done this for the last 15 years or 20 right. years and, and then vibrationally that's what they're being right which <clears throat> you know the career person is only career they attract more career the love is hard is only going to attract of course it's hard because that's right. what my belief is and yeah, then, we're you know, right. Whatever we believe, we're going to be right. Oh, honey, you know, if you think you believe it, it is right. Now, my guest this evening for everyone is the fabulous Vedic astrologer, Carol Allen. Her site is www.loveisinthestars. She has an ebook. And Carol, what would be the best relationship advice you can give people as we close out the show? Oh, uh, you know, to really just have faith and enjoy and have fun with it all. No matter where you are in your journey, it's like life is such a gift, and we're so blessed and lucky with all the freedoms and opportunities we have. And uh, and I have a free book for anyone who would like that could help with all of this, and it's at rightmanreport.com if they want to sign up there. Okay. But that's my best suggestion is enjoy people, be happy, and trust. Okay. Well, I'm going to get that information from you after we get off the show here, okay? And I'm okay, going to post great. it up. Okay, honey. Thank you so much for Thank being on you. the show. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Join Lou Padgett.